1000 FM 97.7. Stay connected. Stay informed. Good afternoon. 48 in downtown Seattle. It's 302 with Kim Shepard. I'm Rick Fansize. Here's what's happening around the Northwest. A bill that would loosen the rules under Washington's Death with Dignity Act is moving ahead with a few changes. Northwest News Radio's Ryan Harris reports. The changes to the original Initiative 1000 proposed in Senate Bill 5179 include reducing the wait time between a first and second oral request for the drugs given from 15 days to seven and allowing nurse practitioners and physicians assistants to participate as long as a doctor is the other provider. Supporter Dr. Deborah North says this is about people who want control of their lives. They don't want to die, but they know they are dying. They think of this all the time over the weeks, months, and sometimes years as their disease has worsened. Disability rights advocate Conrad Reynoldson says the changes to the law are a recipe for disaster. This would open the door to more patients potentially being pressured and or coerced into quickly pursuing assisted suicide with little chance for a second opinion or to give it further consideration. There's also a companion bill to this one waiting for a full House vote. Ryan Harris, Northwest News Radio. The Amtrak Cascades route out of Portland is back on track for the first time since the pandemic. Northwest News Radio's John Libertini explains from King Street Station in Seattle. Twelve stops between Portland and Vancouver make up the Cascades route. And it pulled into Seattle on this Monday for the first time in three years. Amtrak's Ray Lang. The Cascades route is one of the busiest Amtrak routes in the system and performs as well as just about any of them. The trip is stunning along the water from British Columbia through the mountains and rivers of Washington and Oregon. But Washdot's Ron Pate says there's a bigger picture. The Cascadia Corridor is an important corridor for economic development, moving people back and forth. Amtrak restored the Seattle to B.C. route back in September. But Lang says a worker shortage made for delays on a second trip out of Portland. During the height of the pandemic, we were not hiring. And so it took us a while to get engineers, conductors, mechanics hired and able to operate trains. Amtrak says the trains are about 80% full and more cars are going to be added to those trips in the months ahead. John Lobertini, Northwest News Radio. Still ahead? Do you live on a healthy street? I'm Corwin Hake. Pandemic Era Neighborhood Program lives on... Northwest News Time 304. We check your drive every 10 minutes on the fours. And on this beautiful Monday, how's it looking out there? Kimmy Klein in the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Well, things are starting to definitely fill in around Puyallup. We had a crash on westbound 512 just past the South Hill Mall. It's currently just blocking the one right lane. It was blocking all lanes for a few minutes, but that's why we have a backup from 167 all the way up the the hill past the South Hill Mall. Even southbound 167's travel time is easily 30 minutes to get from Renton to Sumner. Southbound I-5 is heavy right up the south center of the hill, and also getting through Seattle is rough on southbound I-5 from 520 towards I-90. But we had an earlier stall on northbound 405 at Northeast 30th. It's now clear to the right shoulder, but that's why we're seeing some brake lights heading north of Sunset. And then in Bellevue, there is a, an instant that's partially blocking the end of the ramp from 520 to northbound 405, mostly on the right shoulder now, but it is heavy from that interchange too. Over next, Northwest traffic at 314. The weather picture here, sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services and from Como 4, Kristen Clark. Showers, but also sunshine. And despite that, we do have temperatures holding in the 40s. Very hard to break that 50 degree mark, so slightly cooler than normal conditions will continue over the next few days as well as showers that can be expected almost on the daily and any showers that occur during the cold overnights can mix them with a bit of wet snow and wet pavement could be a bit icy each and every morning here the next few days we will be tracking more of a widespread rain potential
potentially for the lowlands. Gusty winds and a round of mountain snow later on this week, Thursday into Friday. And the Cumble 4 Weather Center, meteorologist Kristen Clark. And generally cloudy skies across western Washington with a few sun breaks. It's 49 at SeaTac Airport, Northwest News Time 306. The president of Finland is in town and addressing the state legislature, the first foreign head of state to do that in our history. Details from Northwest News Radio's Jeff Pojola. Sauli Ninista's visit is part of a five-day tour of the United States, also visiting California, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. The idea is to drum up support for Finland joining the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the defense pact known as NATO. Ninista says Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has backfired. He sought to re-establish spheres of influence. And by so doing, he wanted to limit also our right to choose our own alliances. Finland and Sweden have traditionally been neutral when it comes to global affairs, but both have applied to join NATO. Jeff Pogela, Northwest News Radio. Bipartisan support advancing a legislative measure to help homeless K-12 through students. We know that uh, students who are experiencing homelessness have lower graduation rates. And so this program helps students experiencing homelessness meet their basic needs. Republican Representative Skyler Rood of Walla Walla and Democratic Representative Clyde Shavers of Skagit County back House Bill 1622. It offers homeless students housing assistance, counseling and tutoring, plus help buying food and hygiene supplies. The bill has passed the House without a single no vote. The state Senate takes it up next. Seattle's experiment in traffic-free, healthy streets is continuing into the post-pandemic era. The Seattle Transportation Department launched its Healthy Streets program in 2020 to help housebound kids and adults get outside. Portions of 21 neighborhood streets citywide were closed to through traffic. Outdoor play was encouraged. Making it so much fun for the kids that they don't want to go home. Angie Mosley found her healthy street in South Seattle's Othello neighborhood had benefits beyond a little fresh air. We are out here doing it for our mind, body, and soul to keep our youth engaged in fun activities, keep them off of social media and the cell phones and all that. Estrat last summer began collecting data on which streets might remain permanently healthy. It just announced one in Ballard, 17th Avenue Northwest from Northwest 90th Street to Northwest 58th Street will stay a healthy street until further notice. Big planters with street closed signs indicate traffic is limited to local access only and all traffic must yield to people. Corwin Hake, Northwest News Radio. Human services workers in Seattle and King County are significantly underpaid. That's according to a new University of Washington study that found workers providing essential services, child and elder care, for instance, food and housing assistance, are underpaid by as much as 37%. The study also found that workers leaving for jobs in other sectors see a net pay increase of 7% after a year. That study made a number of recommendations, including raising wage rates by at least 7% in the near term and at least 40 percent from current wages by 2030. Amazon is permanently closing eight of its Amazon Go convenience stores, including two in Seattle. Here's Northwest News Radio's Kathy O'Shea. GeekWire reports in addition to the two Seattle locations, Amazon is closing two stores in New York City and four in San Francisco. An Amazon spokesperson said the two Seattle locations at 3rd Avenue and Pine Street and 4th Avenue at Pike Street have been closed for some time due to safety concerns. The company 
says it's still committed to the Amazon Go format and will continue to operate more than 20 locations, including five other Seattle stores. Kathy O'Shea, Northwest News Radio. A big crash shutting down I-5 South in Federal Way during the morning commute. It happened south of 272nd Street, just about 525, according to State Trooper Rick Johnson. It's two vehicles and then one uh semi without a trailer, so a bobtail uh, semi-cab. The driver of one of the cars in critical condition. The cause of that wreck remains under investigation. Northwest News Time 310, and you know it's going to be a good one. It's time for a Monday Beacon Plumbing Sports Update with Bill Schwartz and both Gonzaga basketball teams trying to join WSU women in the NCAA Big Dance. March Madness started early in Las Vegas. Washington State wins four in a row at the Pac-12 tournament, including Sunday's finale 65-61 over UCLA. Senior guard Charlize Ledger-Walker cut down the nets in the Cougars' first ever conference crown. Never would have thought we would be doing that. Um, You know, we've watched teams do that in the past, or especially my last three years, and that moment just felt so surreal to get up there, cut down the net, actually soak in that we're champs. The victory cements a spot in the NCAA tournament for WSU. The West Coast Conference tournaments continue in Vegas. Gonzaga women take on BYU. And at 8.30 tonight, the Zags men play San Francisco in the semifinal. A sensational undefeated Seattle Kraken hockey trip capped off with a 3-2 overtime win against defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado. Yanni Gord had the game winner. The Kraken on home ice tomorrow night against Anaheim. And at Seattle Mariners Cactus League action this afternoon against the visit. Chicago Cubs. Luis Castillo makes another Seattle start. Sports with Swartz at 10 and 40 after the hour. Northwest News Radio. Our Northwest News Time 311 results from a new medication trial show how effective it is for people with statin intolerance. For those unfamiliar, statins are used to help lower a person's cholesterol and reduce their risk for cardiovascular events. Unfortunately, somewhere between 7 and 29 percent of people who try to take statins to lower their cholesterol levels, have adverse effects, typically uh, muscle pain and sometimes muscle weakness. Dr. Stephen Neeson is a cardiologist at Cleveland Clinic and the lead researcher for this trial, which included 14,000 people from 30 different countries. He says previously there were no medications available to help lower cholesterol, specifically for those with a statin intolerance. So they decided to test a drug called bimpedoic acid that had been approved by the FDA a couple of years ago. The results from the trial showed it was well tolerated. In fact, it helped reduce heart-related complications by 13 to 15 percent. In addition, the medication reduced risk for heart attack by 23 percent and the risk for needing a stent or bypass surgery by 19 percent. It's important for the public to understand that the vast majority of patients can in fact be treated with statins. The drugs are very effective and they've been studied in hundreds of thousands of patients. We were studying a very special group of patients. Dr. Neeson says there were some side effects of the drug used in a trial, like a small increase in the risk of gout and the risk of gallstones. And that's Como Four's Holly Menino. Mexico's president says his country is working to free four kidnapped Americans who crossed the border over the weekend to buy medicine. Those four Americans were kidnapped in Tamaulipas, Mexico, a place the U.S. State Department says is so risky to Americans. They've issued the same high do-not-travel warning. It's
satellites used for Syria, North Korea, and Iran. As for additional information... We uh, do, do know details, um, but details are also quite scant at this time. State Department spokesman Ned Price won't confirm the Mexican president's claim that those four Americans were kidnapped while trying to buy medications in that country. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Global carbon dioxide emissions from energy went up less than expected in 2022. The International Energy Agency says clean energy sources, solar, wind, and electric vehicles are credited for that. Global energy-related emissions rose by less than 1% last year, compared to a 6% rise in 2021. The new analysis comes even as Russia's invasion of Ukraine that started last year threw global energy markets off balance. Northwest News Time 314. Time for a check on your drive from the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. How's it looking, Kimmy Klein? Well, it's still pretty busy getting into and through Puyallup. We had a crash on westbound 512 just past the South Hill Mall in blocking all lanes. It's just blocking the one right lane now, but that's why traffic's backed up onto 167 just a bit, heading away from Sumner. Plus, we got those usual crowds on 167 getting south of Renton past Willis Street and then more south of Algona. I even see southbound I-5, though, starting to fill in not only around the SeaTac area, but also south of Highway 18 right up to the Fife Curve. Northbound 405 at Northeast 30th, an earlier stall's been cleared to the right shoulder, but it's still really heavy heading away from the Maple Valley Highway. Even southbound 405 is slowing to look at a downtown Bellevue. In Bellevue, watch for uh, an emergency response on northbound 405 just north of 520 that's partially blocking the right lane. Southbound 5 in Seattle struggling from the Ship Canal Bridge towards I-90 and some minimal delays in Everett right now. Northbound 5 from 41st towards Highway 2. Your next Northwest traffic at 324. And the weather picture sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services. Showers at times overnight lows in the 30s, so tomorrow morning we could have have some snow mixed in with the rain. Sun breaks tomorrow, too, with high temperatures right about 50. Downtown Seattle now 48. News Radio 1000, FM 97.7, your information station. Sponsored by Muckleshoot Casino. We thank you for joining us. I'm Rick Fansites with Kim Shepard. Bill O'Neill is at the editor's desk, and here are the headlines. Well, there are still folks in Southern California trapped by snow in their homes. Mountain communities in San Bernardino County slammed by winter storms, trapping residents for several days. And now, there's warning that another storm could be hitting the area. Some residents there say they're facing dwindling supplies. The Bellevue School Board now down to just two meetings before voting on the district's recommendation to close three elementary schools. Some parents complain the process felt rushed, and one has started an online petition urging the district to slow down. Another Norfolk Southern freight train derailed in Ohio over the weekend, the second derailment in just over a month. This time, there weren't any hazardous chemicals on board, but that's cold comfort for folks still dealing with the cleanup in East Palestine. ABC's Derek Dennis is on the Northwest Newsline. So what do you know so far about this latest crash on Saturday? Yeah, it happened over the weekend. And as you said, there's no hazardous chemicals on board, but still it was more than 200 crane train cars that derailed. Uh, Norfolk Southern was about 150 cars. And so uh, there are serious questions about the length of these trains and whether that has been a contributing factor to these Norfolk Southern derailments. Uh, we know Norfolk Southern has announced today that they're going to add uh, an extra device in the middle of their long trains that would help with braking and speed control. Uh, that should help uh, in, in any sort of future derailments. But the White House wants more. They want Obviously, them to be fully responsible for the cleanup in East Palestine, Ohio, where the first train derailment happened. 
but also to really take a serious look at how they're operating trains, especially through residential areas, and make sure that they're reporting to state officials and state by state if they're traveling across state lines what they're carrying and the safety precautions they're taking to ensure residents' health. How far is Springfield from East Palestine? And maybe is there an issue with the tracks themselves, possibly? Different tracks. Uh, it's about two hours in between them. We're talking top and bottom of the state of Ohio, essentially. The two derailments are, are that far apart. But still, uh, it is Norfolk Southern, both trains operated by that same company. And so there is that connection. And, and the White House and other uh, state officials are uh, trying to make sure that uh, Norfolk Southern is doing all it should be doing in terms of rail safety on these longer trains. They're really looking at the length of these trains as being a, a factor. We know the NTSB is on the scene today in the second derailment, and that is one that they're going to take a strong look at. But the relief is is that there's no chemicals on board. Now, as far as the cleanup efforts in East Palestine, I'm curious how those are going. The National Cancer Institute issuing a warning saying we may not know all the health effects for many years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're studying the air quality for dioxins, cancer-causing dioxins, which is what they weren't really looking for before. They were just checking for the chemicals that were on board the train. Now they're looking uh, at, at the chemicals that were produced by the chemicals when they were burned off as maybe a factor into the residents uh, still complaining of being sick. Uh, the cleanup is mostly done. The train cars have been removed and the soil uh, either has fully been removed or is almost being removed uh, fully from the from the contaminated site. Uh, so that's gone well, uh, but still you've got the lingering issues with sickness uh, that the residents are complaining about. And as you said, it may take a while for them uh, for officials to really determine what is making residents sick. ABC's Derek Dennis on the Northwest Newsline. In meantime, the push continues to make the nation's railways safer, and that continues with support on both sides of the aisle in Congress. A closer look at that coming up here in just about 30 minutes. Two United Airlines planes clipping wings near the gates this morning at Boston Logan International Airport. ABC's Peter Lopoulos is at Logan with more. One plane was backing up from its gate when it its wing hit the tail wing of another plane at a neighboring gate. Now, a United spokesman says they deplaned both these aircraft and are now working to make accommodations for the passengers as each flight has been canceled. One plane was going to Newark and the other was going to Denver. And we're told that no one was hurt. Northwest News Time coming up on 320 and here's your StockCharts.com money updates. U.S. stocks managed a mostly higher finish today. Earlier modest gains largely evaporated as investors await congressional testimony from Fed Chair Jerome Powell tomorrow and Wednesday. The Dow Industrials and S&P 500 edged up 40 and 3 points respectively, but the Nasdaq Composite slipped 13. Shares of Apple rose 1.9% today. Analysts at Goldman Sachs began coverage of the tech giant with a buy rating and a price target that implies upside potential of about 30%. Rappers Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa today announced a 33-city summer tour that also has Warren G and Too Short on the bill. The high school reunion tour hits Auburn's White River Amphitheater on July 9th. Tickets go on sale through Ticketmaster Friday morning. That's your money now. I'm Jim Chesko, Northwest News Radio. Money News at 20 and 50 past every hour. And coming up, we'll tell you about a basketball game for the history books at WSU.
News Radio Podcasts. From news to politics, health to fitness. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and visit nwnewsradio.com for the full lineup. Stay connected. Stay informed. News Radio 1000 FM 97.7. Looks like.